0: Hey, uh, Roshan, are you keeping up with the latest developments in AI?
1: Yeah, all this uh, large language models and whatnot, right? Not that. Then?
0: The America-India progress.
1: <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of progress
1: over the last week. We'll talk about all of these things <laughs> on this Startup uh, Operator Roundup. Uh, welcome, folks. I'm Roshan Karyapa.
0: Hi, and I'm Gunjan Saha. And together, we'll be bringing you the biggest headlines from India's startup ecosystem. In our 116th roundup, we'll be discussing the mounting troubles at Baiju's and kind of question if the whole edtech bubble in India is finally bursting. Also, investors have flagged irregularities at health tech startup Mojo Care. And in other news, Apple is in talks with uh, government entities to launch its first credit card, the Apple Card, in India. Founders are losing faith in the hit show Shark Tech India, but we have to understand why. And uh, another crypto startup called Pillow has decided that it will shut down operations in India next month. Last we'll also talk about the future of Web3 in India, as the funding has plunged from 97% year on year, yet investors are saying that this is the best time to invest. Mm. So we'll try to understand what's happening. So stay tuned as we deep dive into these topics and sh- see what insights we can gather from them. Roshan, last week was a very busy week. Of course, yeah. Prime Minister Modi was in the U.S., Right, and a lot of talks have been happening within industry bodies as well. So, can you give us a quick recap?
1: Yeah, they say you know, there are decades when nothing happens, and then there are weeks when decades happen, right? I mean, last week was exceptionally busy. It seems like all of the things happened at once. The much anticipated uh, visit of Prime Minister Modi to the US happened. Uh, right. And he met a bunch of these industry leaders, uh, you know, Sundar Pichai, Shantanu and Elon Musk and so on and so forth. Uh, of course, I mean, he also addressed the House of Congress in the US uh, and there were some stellar, typical Prime Minister Modi movements. Right. Uh, where he spoke about the fact that there are 2,500 political parties here and about 20 of these parties rule different states uh, and, and so on. Right. And still we speak in one voice. Uh, I think that's that that was fabulous. Uh, some of the numbers, right, in terms of the housing development uh, that India has focused on, the vaccine, all of that. I mean, uh, and he and he gave the uh, relevant comparisons also, right? Like, uh, you know, this is the size of Australia, this is the size of entire South America, etc. Uh, and it just puts into perspective some of the stuff that we've done on, you know, welfare, uh, the direct benefit transfers, especially during COVID and so on, uh, right? The amount of complexity it is, uh, to have done some of these things, right? So, excellent stuff. Uh, but a few highlights, of course, uh, uh, NASA has uh, signed a partnership with ISRO uh, to cooperate on the Artemis mission. HL and GE have signed a partnership. Uh, GE will be sharing their know how on uh, jet engines and so on, and HL will be building them here. Similarly, we have Micron, which is investing about $800 million uh, here in India on the semiconductor front. We have a partnership on the defense front. There's this whole innovation uh, body or something of that sort corridor that's been created to exchange information, knowledge, uh, and make that more conducive. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. On H-1B visas as well. Now, you don't have to travel back from uh, the U.S. to India uh, to renew your H-1B visas. You can do it uh, right there in the U.S. itself. Uh, Bangalore is getting a new consulate, right? Uh, So that is fantastic. We don't have to travel to Chennai and Mumbai anymore. So fantastic stuff. I mean, I I think it's a milestone uh, uh, moment for sure in India-US relations. India is not a vassal state of the US. US typically prefers, you know, you're with us or against us kind of an approach, right? I mean, uh, I think this is their first formal acknowledgement of... Like a multipolar world, right? And it's fantastic that they're courting India for all these things. So yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Very proud uh, being an Indian this week for sure, right? Then I think elsewhere, there was this whole Russian coup situation. Did you follow that? Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, it was like some Hollywood movie, you know?
0: Uh, So yeah, I mean, I never thought that in my lifetime I would get to witness a... It's like a, this,
1: is, this is like a Hollywood movie script play, playing out, right? So there's this Wagner group, which has about anywhere between 25,000 to 50,000 troops. And they are like a mercenary, you know, something like Blackwater that US uses. Uh, and the Russians uh, use these folks uh, for various conflicts across the world. And uh, it's led by this guy, I can't quite pronounce, pronounce his name, or something of that sort and he is a very mercurial character apparently they mutinied against the russian army right and uh, they wanted to capture moscow Uh, so they made uh, a move uh, towards the capital and so on but in about 24 to 30 hours everything has turned the other way right and uh, (laughs) you know all peace has returned and the guys are like back to work People say that, of course, the Pentagon, I mean, there are a lot of conspiracy theories saying that, you know, this was a planted attack. Yeah, planted and that the Pentagon is missing $6.4 billion, right, which was supposedly paid to these guys, right? (laughs) (laughs) They kind of took the money and bailed.
0: What do you think about the conspiracy between the whole Titanic-Titan story?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, shit ton of conspiracies, right? I mean this whole uh, Titan uh, uh, submarine that kind of imploded, uh, which is very unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, killing all of the crew and so on, uh, right? Uh, uh, there was so much of, you know, talk about that, that, you know, a bunch of other things uh, were sort of sidelined, right? I mean, there was this whole J.P. Morgan and Jeffrey Epstein emails that were published. seven uh,
0: million emails got deleted. They got deleted,
1: apparently, right? Uh, that and there is, of course stuff on hunter biden there and so on but yeah i mean you you just have to look at twitter for all of the various conspiracy theories but enough said about all of this stuff there's uh, there's a lot to talk about on the startup stuff
0: also right yeah let's let's come back closer to home right and of course india ecosystem has also not been without its troubles Byju's, which was once the poster child like flip card for the indian startup ecosystem they have come under a lot of firing right uh, it has faced problems such as lawsuits, auditing issues, layoffs, boardroom exits. Auditor Deloitte resigned due to delayed financial statements and lack of necessary documents. Three board members stepped down without giving any sort of reason. BlackRock has slashed its internal valuation of Baijus by more than 60% to $8.2 billion. This is a cut from $22 billion. And also Baijus and its lenders are caught up in a legal case in the U.S., over the restructuring of a 1.2 billion dollar loan, so um, yeah, a lot of things are happening. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it really must not e- easy to become to be a founder at this point for Bijus.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a it's a chaotic, chaotic time, right? And you know that 1.2 billion dollars uh, of loans were from these U.S. lenders, right? Uh, and they had asked for financial statements to be declared regularly, which, uh, of course, Baijus uh, apparently has refused to do uh, in time, right? And which means, I mean, they are asking for a return on their money and so on. So that is a case that's happened. Of course, we've seen the layoffs and so on. And now with these board members uh, resigning, it really doesn't bode well for uh, Baijus, you know. It seems like a lot of problems are coming to a head at this point. Look, scale adds complexity, right? I mean, you've raised so much of money, you've acquired maybe 12 or 14 of these uh, other companies. Just integrating all of this, streamlining this is just a massive, massive uh, task, right? And we spoke about this last time also. Corporate governance, uh, you know, it might seem like a sort of a nice-to-have thing when you just about start out, but then at scale, it just really can unravel. So, yeah, I mean, let's just wait it out, I suppose. There have been a lot of news articles on, you know, what is happening in Baijus and Look, it's sad. Nobody wants to, you know, talk about this uh, stuff, right? We, Especially, I mean, on the startup operator, we want to curate stuff that inspires you, right? We want more startups and not less. We want uh, founders, uh, more founders in the ecosystem, right? We want people to be inspired that you too can do stuff, right? And, and so we don't really focus on as much of the negative stuff. We don't focus on informing you or educating you about this stuff. I mean, I think we leave that to some of the others uh, in the ecosystem to do. But uh, yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, some of this stuff also has to serve as a warning uh, in terms of what not to do, right? So let's let's just uh, watch this play out. I suppose you know, Akash uh, IPO might come up sometime next year, right? And they plan to raise a billion dollars uh, on that. So who knows? I mean, maybe the Akash IPO could be a panacea for all the ills uh, at Baiju's.
0: But also for a company at a scale like Baiju's, right? The repercussions to everything that you do, especially. With, with what's happening with them today, you know, many venture funds, angel investors, and even, you know, private players, they will become even more wary of investing into companies.
1: Yeah, see, we're going to, again, talk about Mojo Care as well, right? I mean, the, the real concern is the LP is getting freaked out, right? That, uh, hey, there is no proper corporate governance, and, uh, you know, maybe this is a risky time or a risky asset, uh, right? I mean, that is, uh, that is a concern because all of this doesn't really signal, uh, you know, positivity for the ecosystem for sure right and you know we are reliant on external money so yeah we have to be careful about this stuff I hope this stuff uh, gets cleaned sooner than later
0: so you talking about corporate government governance in Mojo Care, you know investors have flagged irregularities within their f- finances Deloitte is conducting a forensic report which is expected to come out sometime next week and uh, investors are also considering shutting down Mojo Care's operations and distributing the remaining capital to the investors Right, um, but think from a customer end, right, like customers have invested m- like invested money in terms of like pro- buying the product of what Baiju has to offer, what mojo care has to offer. What about these guys because that's a very considerable chunk of the population. Baiju
1: is more so than uh, mojo care, I suppose you know Baiju yeah. is education, mojo care is sexual wellness right? <laughs> <laughs> so priorities, <laughs> you know, but uh, male sexual wellness, particularly, right it's absurd you know i mean i'm hearing various theories that uh, you know there were some kickbacks involved i mean again all of this is alleged right i mean all all of this is not proven and so on but yeah it's pretty sad you know the mojo care founder has been an investor himself so one would kind of assume that you know there would be a greater diligence on his part but uh well i mean it seems uh just like uh, go mechanic uh and some of the others right i mean it's it's uh yeah, it's, it's an absurd case, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I was I was just going back to that article that we used to reference often, uh, playing different games by Everett Randall, where he said that, you know, Tiger just changed the game, you know, in 2021, where with all of their deal making, right? Literally, I mean, if you look at the, the sort of pace of deal making, it was almost one deal a day type, you know?
0: Every roundup used to have three, four announcements from Tiger. Yeah,
1: insane, right? You're not going to do that without you know, easing a little bit on diligence, right? Or in this case, uh, you know, easing a lot on diligence. And due diligence is a very important point. So this is just sad. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, So let's, yeah. Okay, let's
0: move move on. Let's move on. Apple is in talks to launch its credit card in India. It'll be called Apple Pay. CEO Tim Cook met with HDFC Bank CEO MD Shashidhar Jagdishan during his trip to India in April. Apple is also holding discussions with the NPCI to possibly launch Apple Pay in the country. Now, it is not clear whether these discussions are regarding its credit card being powered by NPCI's Rupay platform or whether this is for UPI. But this comes at a time when significant number of payments are being increasingly made through mobile phones. And um, while Apple has had discussions with RBI on the modalities of the card, the regulator has asked Apple to follow the regular procedures for co-branded credit cards without offering any special consideration for the company. Now, I think that's a very bold move.
1: Yeah, it is. And... uh you know, Apple has this tie-up with Goldman Sachs in the US, right? And it's uh, the card is pretty popular. It has all sorts of benefits. Um, and, and this whole payment game, right? I think there is a need for a proper technology provider to sort of step in and uh, be that service uh, service provider, you know? Uh, Google, obviously, ha- has lost its way, right? I mean, with Google Pay and so on. Um, they seem to be doing UPI transactions, but nothing beyond that, really, right? Well,
0: so uh, Google had, I think... Last year, they announced a feature where you can use a mobile phone as a credit card with N- with NFC, right? your cre- credit card and debit card. But last week, I enabled that feature and I don't. not even one transaction has been successful. Like while it detects a card which is stored on my mobile phone, the transactions are not verified.
1: Yeah, I mean, Google, I don't know, we spoke about it last time also, right? They just can't seem to get their act together somehow, right? Uh, and there's a lot of debate on whether the incentives even line up for Google to be a, a product company at this scale, you know, or rather, I mean, they should just focus on advertising, which they which they constantly do, right? I mean, they sold their Google domains also to Squarespace for something like 150 million, which is really nothing. It's like a rounding off error for them. So, yeah, Apple Card should be interesting. Uh, I hope they do play by all of the rules and regulations, which I think they will. So let's see. I mean, it could be interesting.
0: Let's move on. Uh, many participants of Shark Tank India have been reporting issues with the sharks. Uh, the sharks have been accused of dealing investments under various pretexts and founders have alleged impolite behavior and going back on investment promise that were even aired on TV. Now in the absence of documentation or agreements, troubled participants may find it difficult to seek legal recourse. So, what do you think Shark yeah, this Tank This
1: happens seems? routinely. I mean, uh, even in the even in the US Shark Tank, actually, uh, the parent entity, right? I mean, deals that are accepted on TV don't actually end up closing because there's a whole bunch of due diligence that happens uh, at uh, at the back end, right? And also, I mean, people obviously change their mind, right? And so on. So, that does happen. However, I mean, Inc. 42 had um, uh, an interesting article on this, like with five or six people uh, alleging all these things kind of things, right? Um, we don't know what the backstory is, right? We don't know. I mean, there are always two sides to it. Right. Uh, so we'll have to wait for details to emerge. But I do hope that, you know, Sony comes out and clarifies things, you know. Uh, very important that that happens. This has been a, a week of dreadful news for uh. I think this serves
0: <laughs> a good, good, like, a bumper on the road, which kind of forces you to take a look back on your rearview mirror, mirrors. Good point. Maybe, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Last week, we discussed about a crypto startup shutting down, right? And uh, this week, we have another startup called Pillow that will be shutting down its app and services due to the regulatory uncertainty. The two-year-old startup had raised $21 million from Axel, Kiona Capital, Elevation Capital, and Jump Crypto. And uh, Pillow's chief rival, Flint, right? They also shut down last month due to the same reasons, which is regulatory hurdles and negative market sentiment. Now, this is coming at a time when you know, RBI is really pushing the adoption of CBDC, the central bank digital currency. Uh, we did see in last year's, but last year's or this this year's budget announcement about you know, cryptocurrencies coming under the gambit of formal law, right? When the taxation laws came into place, but not much has been done in that space since then. Yeah,
1: no, but uh, that is a key thing, right? I mean, once the taxation came in, right, it, it became prohibitively, uh, expensive to even invest, think of investing in cryptos, uh, right, and you can look at the, you know, assets, they've fallen big time, adoption has fallen big time, uh, right, and uh, it's a clear signal by the government that they're not keen on these, uh, uh, in, on cryptocurrency specifically, right, I mean, they're not, they don't want to actually encourage the, this, uh, and so on, so a lot of these folks have either migrated to Dubai or Singapore, uh, elsewhere, more crypto friendly countries, I don't know who will be left to operate. I mean, a few of these uh, exchanges uh, still do operate. But other than that, like a real crypto business of this sort, I mean, it's 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 hard. It's really hard with so many of these regulatory hurdles and um, always having to find a sort of a loophole uh, to exist. I mean, it's there's just too much of ambiguity and uncertainty.
0: But what about the promise which, you know, crypto and technology like Web3 brought in? Because back in 2020, 2021, we, we used to discuss, you know, fundraisers that were not in terms of cash, but in terms of cryptocurrencies. For example, let's say Polygon, mm-hmm. right? Of course, Polygon is a fantastic starter working in the crypto space. But yeah, the future seems very uncertain. at this.
1: See, point. from a technology perspective, uh, you know, I am still excited by Web3 and cryptography is obviously very, very important also, uh, right? But from a currency perspective, I think there were all kinds of signals, right? That this is, a typical asset that there's, you know, whenever there's a lot of liquidity in the market, people will sort of buy these assets, it'll appreciate, and then, you know, when the market turns, it'll go to shit. And then that's really what's happened, you know, against the promise of crypto that it'll be an inflation hedge of sorts, right? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, uh, uh, you know, if you're a believer in crypto, you'll think that this is one of these uh, down cycles and that you will load up on, you know, crypto assets and wait for the next time when it, you know, Bitcoin touches a million or whatever. So, is
0: your portfolio still active? No, I mean,
1: I think long gone, right? I mean, I'd invested, God knows, I mean, just a small amount uh, just to get a taste of things, but yeah, long gone. Jury is still out. Web3 use cases are still interesting. I think there could be a a lot of stuff that we could do on blockchain, uh, especially for a country of um, this size, right? Where everything cannot be centralized. It has to be, you know, decentralized and blockchain is the technology layer for decentralization. So
0: let's see. Well, uh, talking about Web3, and uh, people who are optimistic or pessimistic about it. Investors for sure are optimistic about it. Funding for India's Web3 startups have dropped 97% in the January-May period from a year earlier. And uh, despite this, investors are still saying that it's a good time to invest in crypto and Web3 startups. This drop is due to the increased scrutiny of crypto companies globally, regulatory uncertainty, and a worsening macroeconomic environment. The funding plunged to 32 million across seven rounds in the first five months of this year from over 1 billion dollars across 44 rounds in the same period last year and yet investors are bullish
1: well uh, you know props to whoever is still bullish right i mean at least they had some conviction in that sense uh, because that's what i was saying right i mean if, if in 2021 you invested at those crazy valuations then now should be a feast right uh, so i don't know i mean if, if you are bullish then well good for you i suppose see the market is the biggest determinant in all of these things right see for an investor, I mean, it's it's the product, the team, and the market. And the market is the biggest determinant. You can build a kick-ass product in a shit market and it won't go anywhere, right? Uh, and similarly, you can do the alternates as well. You can have a great team with an average product. Um, in a bad market, it won't be as good. But you can have an average product, average uh, team. But in a great market, even they will do well. Um, so from a VC perspective, in terms of fund returns and everything, the market is a very key determinant. Uh, right. If you just do the math and figure things. So given that, you know, we don't quite have a conducive market at this point, people will sort of lay low, I suppose. Yeah.
0: You know, this also kind of takes me back to the con- conversations we used to have about the startups that made it through the 2007-2008 recession, right? Yeah. And what are the quality of those startups? I mean, companies like Slack, companies like yeah. Zoom and uh, other companies fundamentally
1: sound business models yeah right? so fundamentally sound business models not too ex- experimentative not still trying to figure things out and so on right i mean some of these folks are still in the gray about you know how they're actually going to turn over a buck um, right some of the consumer startups some of the crypto folks uh, and so on and uh, the others have been hurt right i mean the bnpl folks crypto folks have been hurt by some of the regulation turning against them so, yeah, I mean, this is a time when, you know, people with very sound business fundamentals will make it through, you know. I mean, it's a question of holding on uh, and it, and obviously conserving cash, you know, applying conventional wisdom on uh, things, right? So, those are the folks who will kind of uh, see through the other side, I think.
0: Right. Okay, let's talk about some of the fundraisers from last week. Uh, Drool's Pet Food has raised $60 million from global consumer-focused investment firm El Caterton. Digantara, a space tech startup, raised $10 million from Peak15 Partners, Kalari Capital, Global Brain, Campus Fund, and founders of IIFL Wealth. Rules is a company which, uh, you know, I'm a customer of. I buy my dog treats uh, from this company, and yeah, they're pretty good and good to see that even. Uh, Some of non-tech companies are still being able to raise funds. Uh, Digantara, of course, one of the poster childs for India's space tech story. Uh, They're on a mission to send you know probes to the moon and yeah they're slowly chipping away at that problem another 10 million dollars funded like pushed into that mission
1: yeah the pet food industry is just such a i mean it'll blow your mind if you just truly look at the numbers it's staggering
0: 80 percent profit margin more than 80
1: yeah profit margin and then look at the size of it right it's just a lot man i mean someone had put out a case study on this royal canine some time back uh, I think we should probably reference that in one of our podcasts, right? Um, yeah, and uh, of <coughs> course, I mean, we had uh, Rashi of Heads Up For Tails on the podcast as well. We'll link to it. Do check it out. Uh, another fantastic brand. So, yeah, the pet food industry is is huge.
0: So, the talk of the town section, last week, Brian Chesky, who is the co-founder and CEO of Airbnb, he made a claim that he'll be slowly morphing the role of a product manager to that of a product marketing manager and... Um, You know, the crowd of designers went berserk over this announcement. And many people have... The way they're interpreting this message is that Airbnb is firing all product managers. But of course, that's not true.
1: No, it's an interesting take for sure, you know. I mean, I've often said this and, and, you know, people can, you know, criticize me for that. I've often said that very few product managers actually add any value, you know. The good ones are really, really good, right? They can, uh, you know, definitely... Uh, transform your product as such and are an integral part but most product managers neither design neither code neither you know sell right and are just another cog in the wheel basically right most of them end up doing all of these weird documents and presentations and whatnot and don't really add any material value so it's long due disruption and there's been a sort of an inflation of this PM role, right? I mean, ever since Google or Microsoft pioneered it in, I don't know, what is it, early 2000s or something. Back in the day, I mean, you had a PM for a product. Now, I mean, you have PM for, you know, every damn feature, right? Uh, and, and it gets very, very siloed. You know, I've often said that, you know, either the designer or the uh, engineer involved, right, uh, should be empowered to make these decisions, right? Align them with business. Because anyway, if you are coding, if you are designing, you should overlap meaningfully with business, right? I mean, you are designing for them, especially in a sort of a B2B, or it doesn't matter B2B or B2C, I think you should, right? So it's a useful experiment. I think uh, uh, Basecamp has also done this uh, way back when, right? Basecamp has also uh, done something similar. Uh, so this is a it's a process of streamlining and, and now, especially now when, you know, people are trying to get more done with less, this is a meaningful sort of a, a thing. Let's see how it goes, you know? Uh, again, I'm not saying product managers are irrelevant. I think you need very few of them and they have to be spectacular, really. They have to add value in this entire chain and not just be one of those, you know. One of the guys chasing uh, you know developers for deadlines. Pretty much, yeah, which is what they do, right, anyway. So, sorry, product managers, but, uh, you know, you have to add a lot more value, I suppose.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, Roshan, it's been a while since we have had new guests on the podcast. Yeah. How long do we have to wait?
1: So we have the founder of Better Place uh, uh, coming on the podcast uh, next week. They're a SaaS HR platform, uh, and uh, it should be interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about business building, among other things. They're also in the process of lining up a bunch of guests. So we have Katie Srinivasan, who is uh, um, a very experienced CMO, marketing leader. Uh, so she'll be coming on the pod as well. So yeah, uh, plenty of interesting content uh, lined up. Uh, do check out our social platforms to stay informed.
0: Yeah, you can find us on LinkedIn. We are the Startup Operator. And on Twitter, we are at Operator Startup. Also, do let us know how we are doing through the Spotify message feature that has been enabled. And while you're at it, don't forget to rate and review us as well. That really helps more people like you discover our content. And yeah, stay tuned. Keep sending us your feedback and your love. We will continue exploring more uh, interesting topics within the ecosystem. Take care and have a great week ahead. See you guys.